0: This podcast is brought to you by Sage Hill, a social impact organization. Our mission is to help people be who they're made to be so that they can do what they're made to do. Find more resources to live fully, love deeply, and lead well at sagehillresources.com.
1: Hey, this is Stephen James. Thanks for listening to the Sage Hill podcast got a great friend on today's podcast. Her name is Maggie Anthony. And if you listened to the podcast a few weeks ago with Dane Anthony, who's Maggie's husband, um, this will help you get a little bit better picture of who they are. But Maggie's a friend uh, of over 25 years. She's a woman of wisdom. It um, has a lot to offer and just a gentle conversation today. So grateful that, that she agreed to do this. You're going to hear us talk about Uh, One of her equations in life is that beauty equals hope and how we encounter and embody the holy in in life Um, and that there's a simple, essential way of living that we each need to discern for ourselves and the responsibility we each have to make the world beautiful. So I hope you enjoy it and uh, if you need anything that we can help with, please let us know. We're here to help. Hey, Maggie.
0: Hi, Stephen how you doing Good.
1: thank you for coming into my office today to do this HL podcast yeah
0: I've been looking forward to
1: it what have you been looking forward to
0: I've been looking forward to being with you oh because we never get to talk yeah I always have to share you with everybody
1: <laughs> now you're sharing me with whoever might be listening That's right. but, which y'all aren't welcome this is just Maggie and I. Um, your husband Dane was on a podcast a few weeks ago yeah. where we did one on poetry. Yeah, did you hear that? I did. Yeah. You talked
0: about me in it.
1: What did we say? <laughs> what did I say? You
0: said we're going to have Maggie in a few weeks, and you went and something like uh, she's a little unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, I that's a good word, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say
1: I would not use the word predictable to define Dan. I would say steady. Steady, Consistent. Yep. Like, trustworthy. Yep. And I would not say untrustworthy or inconsistent, (laughs) but like, spontaneous, adventurous, Mm -hmm. uh, whimsical in Mm -hmm. a good way, not in a flighty way. I like that. Like, I would say that's you.
0: Thank you. I like
1: that. I've known you since 1996,
0: seven? The first time I met you was you were, was it at the... Some book event? No, the
1: first time we met was at your house after an evening in December. It was the first time we met your house in Bellevue. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you don't remember me? I don't. Yeah. Oh my (laughs) gosh! Heather and I would have been married, but a minute. Wow! And she was interning at Daystar. Wow! And after evening December, like all the staff came over to to our house. house. Yeah. Yeah, and because you and Heather shared an office.
0: That's right. (laughs)
1: And, and Stacey to Brzezinka too. Was she in the same we were all y'all in the same hole? It's <laughs> like clo- it was a closet. you all shared a closet. Yeah. So that mm. was like ninety six or ninety seven. Wow, and our relationship has had many iterations mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things I've admired about you over the last, what's that, twenty five years, which that's a long time ago huh? mm-hmm. is uh like both from afar and up close watching you continue to evolve and mature and pivot and expand and shrink and trust Mm. like who you are, like in all of that, you know? Mm. And I want to know how you do that.
0: Wow, thank you for the compliment. Yeah. That's an amazing question. How do I do that? (sighs) Mm.
1: And you're good at living out loud.
0: I am definitely good at living out loud. Yeah. Um, you know where you are with me. Uh-huh. I'm pretty forthright. Sometimes maybe to a fault, but definitely. Hmm.
1: People have said that about me, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know either.
1: I think I'm so gentle. And
0: How do I do that? I, you know, Stephen, I think that there's... I've asked myself that question a number of times just because of what I've been through in my life. And I've been through a lot. And Mm. I've been through a lot. That's just, I could have chosen, I could have chosen to go crazy. I could have chosen to be better. But there's just something in me that at my very core that has always known that there was more. Mm. And the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm living in Tucson with my parents. I'm probably six years old.
1: Oh, wow. And this was had, before, this, Tucson was like a small town at that Tucson point. Tucson was small, yeah,
0: super small. And um, we had this backyard that um, behind it, there was our backyard had this big brick wall. And there was this gate that opened up to this empty field behind us. And it's the desert. You hmm. know, there's nothing there. Like a f- I, it's
1: not a field like we think of in Tennessee, no, 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 right? It's, it's a desert. It's a desert.
0: Yeah. It's a desert. And um, I remember going out there as a little girl because I was so sad. I was a very sad little girl, had a very sad growing up. Mm. And I'm six, seven years old, I'm little. Sitting out there and there was this colony of prairie dogs. And it was my first encounter with the Holy, because Mm. the prairie dogs spoke to me and I spoke to them. And I remember going in the house and telling my family. I had a conversation with the prairie dogs. And they're like, oh, she's crazy, blah, 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 you know, the whole thing. But that has always stayed well, with me. what
1: did you say, and what did the prairie dogs say?
0: I don't remember. Okay. I just know they spoke to me. And it's, in, it's my first encounter with the Holy. Yeah. And the Holy spoke to me in that moment through these prairie dogs. And I think that's just been at the core of, of my life, where I've known... No matter how obscure, no matter how people don't listen, you feel a little off, you're not alone. And, I, and that's the first thing that comes to mind when, when you ask me that is, how have I done that? I don't know how I've done it, other than that deep knowing that I'm not but alone. Like
1: I'm known and I'm not alone.
0: Yeah. Don't know what it looks like. I just it's like know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Which are kind of sweet, right? Which are
1: kind of sweet, Yeah. yeah. And a little obnoxious, like they mm-hmm. overrun things. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, But not in the
1: desert. That's where they, I guess, That's, belong.
0: Yeah, the, they're they're there to do. So I I really don't know how to, how to answer that. I do remember specific instances throughout my journey and really difficult times, encountering a moment, encountering a moment where I was on the precipice. Yeah. And and looking into the chasm. Yeah. And no, and I knowing that I had I had a choice to make.
1: Like I can go in there, mm-hmm. or I can believe I'm not alone.
0: Mm-hmm. And I always chose to go to step away.
1: So that's so encouraging. Thank you. Like that's so encouraging. Why? In what way? Um, in the same. It's encouraging in the same way it's offensive. Because mm-hmm. it's encouraging because it says that we always have a choice to play in our own freedom and our own healing and our own participation, like mm-hmm. we, um, no matter how hard our life gets, and I know enough your story to know it's been harder than most people that I know's story, mm-hmm. uh, we always have a choice to choose life, you know, uh, to choose hope, a possibility, mm-hmm. becoming, belonging, like that, right. that kind of thing, not even knowing where it's going to come from. Right. So that's like so hopeful, and at the same time, it's kind of offensive because, you um, I can imagine uh, that someone hearing that and saying, "Well, you said I should be happy, or you said mm-hmm. I should, you know, wait for God to speak to me, or you said I should." Like I could hear somebody, "You, know, you don't understand my story, right? Right. How dare you? Right? You know?" Um,
0: I could speak into that. Okay, I can say that I chose life, but I didn't tell you how messy it was after I chose it. <laughs> There's no shoulds in our household. We yeah. don't should. And I'm not saying I was happy. I mean, I had a tragic life. I was miserable. Yeah. You know, I had all, all sorts of things going
1: on. Biker gangs.
0: <laughs> biker gangs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah,
1: like that. Like, not not many people know about biker gangs, mm-hmm. but I know two people, and all the thousands of people I know, <laughs> I know two people that know about biker gangs. It's you, and it's John Whitfield. Those are the only two people I know that <laughs> actually... Who's John Whitfield? The oh, shark. The
0: shark the shark. <laughs> heard of the shark? I heard of the shark? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, he, had, he and I had it together sometime and, yeah, and chatted
1: motorcyclewild.com. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to John Whitfield. Um,
0: yeah, so it, I chose life, but it doesn't mean I was happy. No. Happy had nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's just I chose not to die.
1: Yeah. I cho- yeah.
0: It's not either or. You know, you you step away from it, it's still messy. There's still a lot to What am I to go through?
1: Heroes and mentors. Uh, Viktor Frankl, mm-hmm. I don't know him, I'll say like he's like a mentor, like sure, I don't, yeah. but, um, you know, he says the greatest freedom a human has is the freedom to choose our attitude in any given situation. Mm-hmm. right? Which isn't about being happy, but it's like mm-hmm. he, by attitude, it's a bad German translation, it's like our freedom to interpret and make meaning of what's going on, like to right. choose life, right? you know? Right. When everything seems hopeless and like dad, like the, he was in concentration camps, like everything seems hopeless and beyond life, and death is always inviting you to step into giving up. Exactly. He said, we can choose to find meaning in that, Mm -hmm. and purpose Mm -hmm. in that.
0: And I think it gets easier the older you are. Really? I do. I really do, because there's life experience. Okay. And I mean, I have enough history in my life now. I'm 70. Yeah. I turned 70 this last year, and so I have a lot of history that I can go back to and say, okay, all right, here it comes again. Here comes again. And you know what? We're gonna be okay. It's gonna be to to tough. Do this. Yeah. Know how to do this. Okay, trauma. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. okay, okay, old friend. Here yeah. we go again. But you know what? You don't you don't have me this time.
1: Let's not leave this. I'm gonna add a different part and okay. tell me how they go together. Okay. Um, your trade is like interior design work. Is that how you would describe it? Like Because I, I not hesitate saying that. It's I not know. quite that.
0: I know. I, I have struggled.
1: People pay you money to do what?
0: People pay me money to come and help them in their homes. Mostly renovations. I mostly work on old homes. So how I like to say is that I get to come alongside people and help them through the process. The difficult, arduous process scary process of renovation and find themselves in the process it's such a spiritual act for me yeah and it feels like 80% of it is therapy yeah. and 20% of it is really creativity um, so I, I interact with architects i interact with contractors i interact between husbands and wives yeah and, you did
1: that for heather and not
0: yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh, ended up with a beautiful yeah. process yeah. in the end and product in the end. Um so,
1: so you mediate creation. Hmm. Hmm. Like yeah. these things are these these renovations, these buildings, these things are coming into life. Right. And people have ideas about what they're supposed to be right and, and how what they want them to be and Um, what budgets allow them to be, and you mediate those processes. Yes, I think
0: that's great. So that
1: they're meaningful and that they're beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You have the ability to, the reason I want to talk about that Mm -hmm. was, like, you have this ability to look at the abyss, look at emptiness, or look at uh, what could be, and then, like, kind of bring it out. In hmm. there, and find like old things to put in, or mm-hmm. let's put this color on this wall because that represents this. Right, and, right. It's like right. you don't just pick colors because they're in. Um, name a what's a magazine that people look at that are important. I was gonna say Southern Living, but that's like not cool sure. anymore. Yeah. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like whenever yeah. the fa- uh, yeah. uh, the woman from Waco. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Kip and Joy. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Chip and Joanna. The right, Kip and Joy. Kip and Joy, the games, you know, like, the the right. Their magazine. You're not picking colors because it's in their magazine. Like, you'll look, you'll listen I to someone. I didn't know they had a magazine. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Love that. Um, you're too cool to know they have a magazine. But, uh, like, you'll listen to someone tell their story. Absolutely. And hear about what they want. And yeah. you'll go, oh, it needs to be this shade of purple or mm-hmm. red or blue or white because you're wanting this and this is what that said in your story and this is what it means and mm-hmm. so let's paint your baby's room this color right and like people cried or like yeah. have, a, have a story to live into
0: it's so true so one of the one of the things that i always do on a project is i we always create a narrative what is the narrative mm-hmm. what do you want your home to be mm-hmm. what do you how do you want experiences as a family what how do you want people to walk in when they feel, what do you wanna convey? So if somebody
1: said, I want everyone to think my home is pretty, that's not a client you would probably work with. I would with.
0: probably say, I'm <laughs> sorry I'm booked for the next 50 years. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. I love Because that. it has to have meaning. So yeah. in my strength, my number one strength is strategy. Okay. So I I see the big picture Yeah. and I see how it all connects. I can wade through the obstacles. And make a decision let's move but I'm also developer and I also have belief so it has to have meaning for me so there's a there's plenty of projects that have come to me that are on paper really amazing but it doesn't it doesn't connect so when I'm with a client the first thing we do is I'll meet them on neutral territory and not meet in their home because it's distracting to be in the home and to get to know each other to make sure that we work mm. because we're in relationship for a year mm. and i'm in the most intimate spaces of people's homes yeah and so it's gotta work for the both of us you're in the middle of their marriages i'm in the middle of, i'm in their underwear drawers. you're in their
1: underwear drawers <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yes
1: Ta- i mean i remember you talking with us about like how we go to the bathroom essentially yeah like what do you want like Heather had these little cabinets built in our bathroom, right. and it's like, oh, like that's really personal. Like, it is. how do we use the bathroom actually informs my life. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's so. So okay. you, you you mediate beauty and you mediate mm-hmm. meaning in people's lives. Connect being six, looking into the wilderness of the mm-hmm. of nothingness of the desert of mm-hmm. what seems like life and being mm-hmm. spoken to. By prairie dogs how does that inform what you do now?
0: Um, I think it, it, it what who comes, you are now yeah. yeah what comes to my mind is this phrase that I have that I use and that is beauty equals hope and I think from a very young age I had this awareness that if I could bring beauty into my life whether it was reading a book, or um, another, another story I had to tell when I was little. I don't know how old I was, maybe seven, eight, something like that. And my parents used to go out to dinner with these fancy friends all the time. But they would never leave me with a babysitter. I don't know why. They always <laughs> they took <were> me. cheap. <laughs> I guess.
1: <And> it <laughs> they was, took you on the fancy dinners. Always. Huh.
0: And it, you dressed up. Yeah. i mean you really dressed up when you went out and so i remember this one particular time specifically where these people showed up and it was one of those cadillacs that had the gigantor yeah, yeah. fins on the back yeah. you know and we jumped in the car and we went to this restaurant and there was this ritual that when you used to go out to dinner and that was the waiter or waitress would come and take the order the cocktail order. yeah cocktail. it was always a cocktail order yeah. right and everybody ordered their cocktails and i would order my shirley temple that was my cocktail yeah and then as soon as that happened i would go to the bathroom because i wanted to see what the bathroom looked fancy like fancy bathrooms because it was a, if it was a pretty bathroom i knew that we were probably going to have a good meal so to me that kind of ties the two together because huh. there is this somewhere along that somewhere along the, that that time in my life, there was this awareness, and I believe it was through the holy, giving me beauty to nurture me, to fill me, to touch me, to give me hope. And that's one of the parts of what I do that's so spiritual to me is that to be able to work into the the intimacy of people's homes and create beauty for them is one of the few places in this earth that we can kind of control, right? So if you can accomplish this sense of beauty for people in their home, it it does give us hope. It gives us a momentary. Well,
1: what a responsibility too. Life's hard, and
0: life's really hard. And
1: so to, it's really hard. Like not stepping into the abyss, and like not stepping into crazy, like not stepping into the entitlement of suffering. Like not like Mm -hmm. you know. And I'm really
0: aware too that this is this is I'm a luxury. This isn't you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, this is not a blanket statement for people. It's who not are a prescription, listening. right? No, not right. at all. It's like, don't go hire someone to redo your house. It's no, no, that's not what we're talking great. about. We're yeah. talking
1: to, because I'm about to make that bridge. I think it's like we all have a responsibility. I believe that because life is so difficult, we have a responsibility to sow the seeds of beauty. Mm-hmm. How we do that. Which is really sowing the seeds of hope, but I mm-hmm. think beauty is hope. I, did, I think you are right. Like I think that whatever is beautiful and praiseworthy and just and merciful, like think on these things because there is exactly. like meditate on that stuff. And so, like for you, it literally is like mediating the creation of beauty. Mm. For me, it's. Uh, creating meaningful meaningful spaces for people to tell stories tell right. their story that, whether it's a fire pit or a counseling practice or a leadership workshop like what I'm doing is creating space for people to tell their story and encounter other stories and maybe be swept up in the story that's really meaningful right, right? that's well, what yeah. I that's my beauty that's my art yeah and i and i say
0: what we do is exactly the same yeah it, it looks different yeah it has you know a different lens to it but it's basically the same heart matter. Yeah. It's getting to that place to be able to really touch people's lives and hopefully through the environment that you've created to be able to create space to love and hurt and heal but feel safe somewhat.
1: I, I think we're all responsible for that. Mm. And I think we're either in that work, mm-hmm. even if we're an accountant, we're in that work.
0: Absolutely. Right? Like, yep. I agree. In our own
1: unique gift and our own unique passion and calling and purpose, mm-hmm. we're either in the middle, neutral, or we're working against it. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's oh, what I think evil is: is trying to come against beauty, yeah. trying to come against hope, trying to un, like to pull the foundations out from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, but that middle ground, man, I, I want more people to be on our team than just trying to survive, keep their life yeah. intact. Like, how do they? Because I've found, um, like a lot of the work I've done with people over the last 20 something years has been, until the last few years, like almost a compulsion. Hmm. Like I was trying to work, It was. it's good. I think it is holy in ways. And it's also like compulsive. Like I can't not do it, right? I feel like a, an anxiety to be good in the world. You know, and a hmm. lot of that comes from my story, as a reaction against my story. As I have faced that more and more, and grieved that more and more, and as you said, I've gotten older. You know, it's <laughs> like I've got some more perspective. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like instead of I have to, I get to. Yeah. And I get to participate. Right. Um, I get to create meaning and beauty mm-hmm. in places. I get to. Um, if I don't, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like I think love wins. I think. Absolutely. You know, not always feel like yeah. it, but I'm pretty sure today. Dan and I
0: talk a a lot about this and and we use the word embodiment. It's an embodiment of who we are. You know, it's like, it's like getting to that point in life. I so connect with what you just said, because it's like for, for so long it felt outside of me. I I, I felt right. I knew I was on the right track, but there's some, some moment in life where it altered for me, where it was like, no, this is really, truly who I am, mm. and it shifted. Instead of it being outside me, I allowed it, allowed what was inside to come out, and trust, and trusted it. I mm. had so much fear and shame in doing what I do for so many years because I don't have a degree. Yeah. I don't have, I don't do CAD. I mean, all those things. But that was my own voices. That was my old voices speaking to me. And somewhere along the line, it shifted for me where. I started believing it mm. there's this there's this moment that happens for me when I meet someone new and I'm about we've gone through the whole interview process and we've decided yeah this is what we're gonna do and there's that first moment that I go over the threshold into their home and there's this nanosecond of what am I doing here I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> am I gonna yeah. totally mess this thing up and I take a minute and I breathe and I just go, just, just be with me now and you know, embody me now, holy, and help me to be what these people need me to be, and nothing enough. more and yeah. no, nothing less. And I walk in and I breathe into it and it's like, here we go. Yeah. But there's kind of that little moment. I love that. I think it's really healthy.
1: I think it's it's it
0: Really good. <laughs> Because I, th- I think I'm I, need, not God. I need to be yeah. a little scared yeah. in some of these situations. Yeah.
1: fear is the beginning of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like whoa. Yeah, and it's what you're doing. I love the word holy. Like, like you're on holy ground because yeah. like, it's what you're doing is an act, a sacred act of offering yeah. yourself, right? Yeah, and it's very sacred. And so if you're not afraid, if your shoes are not off, and you're yeah. not walking barefoot, you know, on on what you know is holy ground, then you're not even aware of what's happening, Mm -hmm. right? Um, There's been uh times
0: when uh, I used to do staging for this one particular real estate agent, and uh, we would do all sorts of staging for houses, but there was this one particular home that was so beautiful, Mm -hmm. and this couple that was really well-loved by a lot of people, and they were going through a divorce, and it was sad. sad. And I remember working on this home for three or four days, and the real estate agent and I would go home and we would have to take showers because we were we yeah. were so covered with the sadness. Yeah. I mean, of course we took showers, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it was just like, it, it, it was, was this, more than just a shower. It was the metaphor yeah. for like, oh my gosh, the heaviness and yeah. the tragedy and the sadness. And so you walk into these environments, and because it's so holy, and I think because I'm hypersensitive yeah. to it, The meaning of it. You take it on and and what it really means. Mm. And even in the midst of that, even though it wasn't creating this like amazing thing, it was a deconstruction of a life and a home. It was still caring for people. Yeah. It was hard.
1: Talk about the farm that y'all just bought or the land or what are we <laughs> calling it? We're calling it
0: It's it's not a farm. Okay, it's not a farm. No, it's land. It's, it's land. It's fifteen acres of trees. It's okay. woods. It's beautiful. You bought some woods. Yeah, we yeah. we call it Nexus. And Nexus I love the old nexus. Of stuff. course Dame <laughs> called it, right? Dame named it. And it's the coming together of everything in our lives. It's the Nexus. And it's just, we are so in love with it. We're oh. just out there this weekend. And um, when we're there, man, we're just, we're different people, you know, because it's quiet. House. It's quiet, it's still, you don't hear anything. We just dial down and we really believe in how the trees care for us and put their arms around us. And it's, we don't have electricity, we don't have water. So when we're there, it's very primitive. Yeah. But we love it. You have an outhouse? We have an outhouse. Yeah. We we well, actually we just got a porta potty okay. week. And I'm so excited about the porta potty. Yeah. Which this is, you'll it's love. It's like it.
1: they start to step up. We got a porta potty,
0: which you will love this. I had to hang a piece of art in Of
1: port-a-potty. course you did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's that's yeah. what I do, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, here's a porta potty and it's kind of boring and you're really vulnerable here. So what if I hang a piece of art here to just make it a little bit more comfortable? Yeah. And it works.
1: What did you hang?
0: Oh, it's a really cool piece of outside art that's, I can't even describe okay. it to you, but it's outside art. Okay. It's very bizarre.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the yeah. land.
0: So, Nexus. Um, we are learning. Because, like,
1: at 70 and 60, almost 63. Yeah. Like, like. Yeah. y'all should be winding down. Right. And right. you're actually, like, developing a right. forest.
0: right. <laughs> We are actually timber farmers. You're timber, <laughs> timber. That's so we are we are part of what's called the green belt. Okay. And when you're when you're part of the green belt, it's an actual classification.
1: We okay. are timber farmers. Okay. So
0: That's what we're going to call ourselves. You're t- I'm a timber what farmer. What do you do for a living? I'm, I'm a timber, timber farmer.
1: farmer. Yeah. I don't really cut that many trees. Yeah. But I, yeah. Yeah. You just grow them. You grow. I just grow
0: them. <laughs> you just grow That's what you do. We have trees that are over 75 years yeah. old. It hasn't been tempered in over 75 years. It's amazing. Wow. It's really beautiful. So you've
1: got this beautiful home here in town with mm-hmm. this beautiful garden mm-hmm. and this place called the shelter that's Dane's kind of known for. It's his place. Yeah. And and you're still dreaming about like and becoming what's next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah so You're not retiring? At- no, we don't use that. Yeah, We don't use that vocabulary. i it, It's like we feel like we're just getting it. We're so excited about this. Oh. Um, curiosity is just such an important you know thing for us and being on the land is so incredible because we've learned we're learning so much about ourselves. We're learning about it's not about what we can impose on the land. It's like what can the the land offer us. It has limited water. We did drill a well we haven't pumped it yet but it only can provide a certain amount of water so it's like okay this is this is what we have so this is what we can do this is what we can build and um Mm. it's a complete reversal of any kind of work that i've ever done before
1: so this idea that um you said we're just i want to go back about Uh 10 sentences we're just now getting it we feel like we're just now getting it yeah it's, okay, so here, here's what I'm thinking. That's okay. so hopeful for me okay. because there's been seasons in my life where it's like, oh, I got it. That would, I understand now. And then, and invariably that goes away, like because I, I understood in part, right? And now mm-hmm. I get more complexity or I get more experience or something happens and I'm thrown into upside down world and I don't know right. what's going on. And then I get it again. Um, I'm intuiting, and if this is true, as you're aging and you're, you're just now getting it, I'm intuiting that it's simpler, that there's a mm. simplicity to what you're getting. It's less complex than you thought when you were 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, that there's something simple that you're grasping now that, I'm not gonna ask you to say what it is either because I don't think you could explain it to me mm. because I don't, I don't know that I have ears to hear it. Sure. Um, but I'm, as you talk, you're welcome to try to explain it. Yeah. But as you talk, it makes me excited for it um, sure. and to keep learning and growing and uh, refining my experience in this mm. world. Yeah, um, That excites me. It's almost like do, my, my, my mantra for this year is do less, be more. Mm-hmm. I have so not internal. I've said that thing every day, several times <laughs> a day. I have not embodied it yeah. at all. You know, it's like, yeah. it's almost like I'm force feeding myself this thing that I really can't eat yet. But there's a way it feels like y'all have lived into that mm-hmm. um, and that ex- that excites me.
0: Good. Like, it's a
1: testimony to me. I'm scared to do it. I'm probably yeah. not going to do it until I'm 70. But, yeah, well, you
0: don't, you, you don't need to do it. <laughs> I
1: probably can't do it. Hopefully. Yeah, you've got, yeah.
0: we don't, our children are grown and gone. You know, it's a, it's a different scenario for us.
1: Do you need some children to take care of? No, we do not. <laughs>
0: take care of them. Grandchildren would be good. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um, so yeah we have this amazing home uh, where we live and people look at us and say what are you doing yeah. you you're supposed to retire you're too old aren't you afraid and our answer is no 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 it's because it's so exciting and our intent is to actually build and move onto the land oh wow and sell our home <gasps> yeah, and, and move away yeah I know see here you go yeah. but it's 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 been <clears throat> amazing and it's beautiful we we absolutely love our home. There's a lot of love there, but it's time. It's time for a shift. It's, it's time to move, and what we're learning about ourselves and nature and how simple life can be, we really, really want. We really want to dial it down.
1: Okay, so now I'm going to go back and connect this to begin the conversation because mm-hmm. it sounds like this idea of embracing the shift as opposed to resisting the shift. Like mm-hmm. The shifts in life keep coming, mm-hmm. and some of the wisdom you have gained along the way is to keep embracing the next shift mm-hmm. like to trust that that's the holy Right. is coming to me and delivering me through this thing but it means I'm gonna have to let go of what I have now in order to have what it's intended for me to have or what I'm made for Well, no okay good that's yeah, great
0: because I don't I mean there is a certain amount of letting go yeah there is there's a grieving but it's not like letting go it's like oh okay Here's this thing that's the, the thing that's in front of me, and I, and I trust you, holy. I know this is good, and I know this is right, and we're not doing this in a reckless kind of way. Yeah. We're really thinking about it and being in it, but all these other things in life are supporting it. All these things are, are, are supporting what's bringing us. It's, just, it's not just this land that we bought and we decided, oh, let's do this. It's all the external things in my life and Dane's life that are supporting that. And it's. it's You have confirmation. There's this clear passage. Like, it would be uh, tragic not to do that. Mm. I think we would be really unhappy if we didn't do that because there's such a beautiful curiosity for us in what is waiting for us there. And Mm. we want that. And we don't, I mean, I could. I mean, I could get sick, right, in two years, I and mean, it may not happen, something could happen to Dane. And we talk about that. We talk about, okay, if something happened to either one of us, would we go ahead and build? And we, and both of us would say, yeah, we would yeah. want to do that. Because it just, it really feels like the right thing to do. Does that make sense to you? A
1: little bit. <laughs> like, no, it does, it does. Uh, yeah. The, I like the inclusion of like, no, all this stuff we have is actually preparing the way for us to have this other thing. And the wisdom, my interpretation is, the wisdom is knowing like what to add and what to subtract and when to add and subtract it. Which means you've had to practice doing that a lot, which means you haven't gotten it right a lot.
0: Exactly. And
1: you've gotten it right enough some that you learned the lessons from it. Yeah.
0: Um, I think one of the things that Dana and I have become really good at is holding things loosely. hmm. I think that's imperative because we don't own anything. We really don't own anything. Yeah. We don't own our bodies. We don't own our children. We don't own our homes. You know, there really, uh, there really is a surrender to the holy and what the holy has for us and acknowledging that and living fully into that that gives us the peace and the confidence to be able to navigate and move and hold things loosely. We always say we can create beauty wherever we are, you know, if we got a dumpy apartment, we'd make it beautiful, yeah. and we know that. But I think that's just through life experience and knowing that that's just as as easy as I breathe. I know that's true.
1: Thanks, Maggie. Yeah. It's so good.
0: Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Sage Hill, a social impact organization. Our mission is to help people be who they're made to be, so that they can do what they're made to do. Find more resources to live fully, love deeply, and lead well at sagehillresources.com.